0: One of my friends that left me yet I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're low- There we go. Welcome to 10 Drink Minimum. My name is Chris Burnett. Uh, I'm James Smiley.
1: And I'm Holly Bird.
0: And on today's edition, we have with us John Fugel saying
2: I'm only on my seventh drink. I'm sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> I'm down already. I've been working uh, all day. I'm...
0: I have to be real honest with you. I was really struggling with your last name. Tried junior high school
2: with it. Oh, man. <laughs> so,
0: so then I was doing research on you and I, I got into your Wikipedia page. Uh oh. And you have an no. That's eight- made up. That's oh. not true. So no. Someone hacked my
2: Wikipedia page and wrote that. Oh, the, no, I, I, that's not what you're going to say. I oh, know what you're going to say.
0: It helped me out so much. I was <laughs> like, so it says in there. He has an '88 5.0 Ford Mustang that's called the Fugal Sting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank God that'll help a lot. that's my not true. can i fight crime in that but um yeah, yeah. no i my, my car is a bike i live in new york city so no. i was because i was gonna be like why does he have an 88 mustang i mean that's kind of an odd year i was like there's got to be some sort of so I'm i guess a that's huge not huge richard marx fan that's really all it's, all it's about just barrels through new york that's he's it, like really, yeah. the, the village he's like <laughs> you know uh welcome to the show uh so, you're, you're, you're going to be doing, the reason why we're, we're here, we're here at the Tricklock Theater. I mean, you know, let's give a, applause for that. I mean, we have a live audience. You know, that's, that's interesting. It's been a while since it's we've done it. It's been a long time since we have yeah. a live audience. Uh, so, you're, you're, you're in town, just hanging out. So, welcome back to Albuquerque for one. Thank night. you so much. Yeah. Uh, you're in town because you're doing a live show at the Chemo Theater tomorrow night, un- Pre- it say it, how do you say it? Unprecedented. Unprecedented.
2: <laughs> it's named after Donald Trump's first spelling error on Twitter after the election. It's <laughs> over.
0: One of many. Yeah. One yeah. of many. And uh, that's tomorrow night uh, from 8 to 10, is that correct? Yes. Awesome. And uh, if, if people, you know, so you, you're an actor. Oh, that's my series blasting off. So Uh-oh. you're an actor, a comedian, uh, a television personality. That's, uh, I, yeah. I first saw you on VH One yeah. when they showed music yeah. on VH One.
2: I remember those days before it became the washed up celebrity and hot tub network. Yeah. Right. It was great. Yeah. Hey, I, I still watch it. Listen, I, yeah. <laughs> I that was funny because I, I had a, when I was starting out as a comic, I had a whole bit in my show where I just trashed Michael Bolton. That was back when VH one was the Michael Bolton <laughs> Kenny oh, G yeah. channel. And I did one whole like a ten minute thing where I just broke down the plot of a Michael Bolton video, discussed the use of allegory, Kenny G as Christ yeah. figure, and they came and said hey we're changing the whole channel do you want to come work for us and I was like well I'm running a dorm for NYU as a day job so oh, let me wow. m- think about that for a little bit um, and it was uh, n- they offered me to come be a comedian I became like the sub VJ but it wound up being my, uh, my broadcasting
0: grad school oh wow so was this was this like mullet Michael Bolton era, or was this he cut his hair? This was mullet Michael Bolton oh, era. Sweet. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Ex-
1: oh yeah,
2: yeah, mullet ex-lastic. everyone era. Yeah,
1: that's my favorite Michael it Bolton is, era. Yeah.
2: yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> taken <laughs> enough drugs to forget most of it, but yeah, it was pretty rough. Now, of course, he's he's ironically cool again. So yeah. and I'm oh. not as much of a snob as I used to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like in the vinyl store. You're like ooh all right no no No,
2: like i'm i'm so lame now i have a child which is awful and um like there's in the teen titans go movie which is hilarious by the way uh, michael bolton does a song that's called upbeat inspirational song about life and it's so funny and it's so funny they asked michael bolton to do it and i'm like wow i have become what i beheld i'm a lame white guy listening to michael bolton with this horrible white child it's over it's like when you it's like when it's christmas morning and you're excited you got socks like it's that level of like holy crap honey look how much crap i just fit into the dishwasher like that level of lame
1: hey now i get really excited for socks not even just for christmas yeah Yeah, it's just
2: that means you're a lame adult embrace it it's okay
1: it's awful yeah that just started this year yeah (laughs) i have a pair of socks that say snailed it with a snail on it
2: oh that's like what next step hospice i think yeah
0: I got, I got the the, 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 the Scream, the, the painting. I got the socks for those I don't have them on, but that's what I got for Christmas. And I was like, ooh. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's it. That I would love. Like. Yeah. I was like, somebody does know me. <laughs> I was like, gift card, gift card, gift card. Ooh, these socks. Because
1: you
0: know? I feel like that's all Christmas is now. It's like, let's exchange gift cards. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you like uh, Bass Pro Shop by your haircut. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know what that is. You know, you live in Kansas. I assume this is there. Uh, you know, or, mm-hmm. or if they don't know you at all, you just give you an Amazon card. Right, right. I, I, dude. I, all day long.
2: But do you know they estimate that it's? I believe I'm, I might have this number wrong, but it's two to four billion dollars a year wasted in gift cards that are never used. Yes. So they really are like yeah. traditional
0: Christmas gifts.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs>
0: Well, and then there's sites where you can go on and you can sell your gift card for a little bit less. Oh, how nice. And then yeah. get cash.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Cause we're sold- fentanyl ain't free, folks. <laughs> right. I sold
1: my Cabela's gift card that I got for Christmas. Like, oh. first of all, you want to talk about nobody knowing me. Like, you get me an Amazon gift card, you probably don't know me. But you get me a Cabela's gift card, you definitely don't fucking know me. Uh, I don't <laughs> even know what they sell there. Like, weapons? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Animal calls? Fish? I don't
2: know. I was given a, uh, a gift card to my, uh, in New York, my neighborhood, um, porn and, and, and oh. head shop where they sell the bongs and all the inflatable. <laughs> but like I went there and I was so offended they had a happy holidays banner. I walked right out. Oh. Yeah, that just,
0: that <laughs> They're like, not, John,
2: where are you going? That's not where I buy nunchucks and, and, and bongs.
1: No.
0: So wait a minute. You, you live in New York. They is, Isn't that where they just legalized nunchucks? Yes.
1: yes. Wait. 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 Are they
2: fighting to legalize nunchucks? <laughs> I didn't fight more. I, I mean, guess.
0: it was a war. I didn't know that was going on. Oh. In the wait. Country.
1: Wait. I just learned that this yeah. is a word. Wa- so many fifteen-year-old boys just legal? became not yeah. cool
0: with this. Yes. <laughs> they're like they're like next Chinese stars. We're gonna get those going, man.
1: <laughs> like I okay. I didn't know nunchucks were not legal yet. Yeah. yeah. Fully Jesus. automatic weapons. Totally and and legal. by the way, weed okay.
0: too. That's not legal yet. Right. Right. Oh yeah. That tied too. together. Nunchucks are legal. weed not. Yeah we have hmm. a checklist. Okay. All of us that were, you know, teenage <laughs> boys, we have a checklist. Like, well, Governor Cuomo is competing to hope that
2: Jersey legalizes weed before us. That's why. Oh, really? Oh, and, and okay. Another 46 states too, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and then New Mexico, we just don't know. We just we just go Colorado, is there? We just yeah, drive up we'll there. We'll just go up there. Nice. I mean, I don't. No way shape <laughs> or <one. laughs>
1: <Of course>. form. <laughs> I do. I for sure yeah. do.
0: We actually did our show in a legal weed dispensary in Colorado. That's right. And I had the worst idea of what it was going to be compared to what it really was. (laughs) I thought it was just going to be like reggae music and just smoke everywhere, and everybody's just having a party all the time.
2: It was like we were doing our show at a Walgreens.
0: It was like, no, it was like we were doing a show at a mom and pop uh, arts and crafts store that sold weed. I'm actually pitching to
2: Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad 2 where an Albuquerque botany teacher gets sick and he starts (laughs) selling weed uh, to try to take care of his bills and everyone mellows out and
0: nothing happens. nothing happens. No one
2: dies. No one dies. (laughs) Gus Fring sells a lot
0: of chicken. You know, it's...
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, Funyun Funyun sales go up.
1: Funyun. Funyun. the worst, well, not the worst, but the most awkward comedy show I've ever done was uh, they did a, a cannabis crawl in Durango, <laughs> and they had us just telling stand-up in weed dispensaries Yeah. and all these really stoned people just trying to get their weed, minding their own business. Right. We're like, why is this lady yelling about abortion? I, <laughs> she doesn't seem high enough.
0: I, I, I get it that it's legal there. <laughs> But they still can't get away from that shady factor. Like we went in one in Durango, and it was we had to walk up a staircase, and there was a guy halfway up the staircase checking our IDs. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, still yeah. seems like we're going, you know, <sighs> not you know, shady at all. Yeah, we're in the back alley <laughs> somewhere.
2: It's not shady until big pharma completely takes over. Yeah, really? and yeah. then it's going to be shady. It's very AI true. AI. When they turn it into a white powder pill form, then yes. it's really fucking shady. <laughs> like, are you sure this is weed?
1: Now, all of a sudden, you can't afford your rent if you buy weed when Big Pharma takes oh, over. Oh, sure, yeah. It's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. But
2: I want them to legalize every drug just for the commercials. That's it for
1: me. Side effects <laughs> include hallucinations. Seriously. So think
2: about all the times your nana gave you a $5 bill. Do you want to dump her off in front of Steve Harvey, or do you want to tie off her arm and take her to the moon? Well, I, Find
0: what, a vein, Nana. <laughs> what I'm wondering about that is when will they run the commercials? Because if you, like, watch morning TV, like, every other commercial is, like, you know, Proactiva. It's, like, for your hair loss. So, yeah. for the people who want to do, like, like meth and heroin, <laughs> <laughs> is it more, like, three in the morning and you're, like, watching, you well, know? Well,
1: it would be, like, early, early in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they take a nap. And Oops, then, like, midday. <laughs> Then they would have more meth yeah. commercials.
0: During Rick and Morty, you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, fuck, yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> my favorite commercial right now for drugs is the one Ray Liotta is promoting. Two, my Moe. favorite chantics. <laughs> I love it. I, first how of sad all. How sad does Ray, how I defeated
2: at life does Ray Liotta well, in that commercial?
1: <laughs> well, I
2: started Goodfellas, and now I'm with some character actress unloading groceries in a yes. kitchen yes. I will never well, my,
1: my favorite part about it is that the, the last... Film set that Ray Liotta has been on is a fake film set on a film set for that medication. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he's still handsome. You know, but Where
2: are the cigarettes? They should—they should have cast—they should have cast Lorraine Bracco to play his wife in that commercial.
1: Absolutely. Where are
2: my cigarettes? I flushed them down the toilet. They never would have found them, Karen. Yeah. Jesus, Karen. Have you listened to the list of side effects for Chantix in that commercial? I'm like Ray. It's, you're better with sick, with cigarettes. Yeah, man. just you're smoke the healthier.
1: cigarettes, babe.
2: Side yeah.
1: effects: seizure
2: and bleeding out of both ears. All Ray right. Marlboro's safer. I feel like he takes the
0: drug any he smokes. He looks that way. I mean, he looks awful. Oh, no, listen, yeah. Ray
2: Liotta grinds up the. Chicken rolls that and smokes it. That's how
0: yeah. tough he
1: yes. is. Yeah. He might snort it. I don't know.
0: And he's got patches on each arm. He's like, <laughs> just <laughs> patched up. Oh, man. He's got the lozenge. He's just nicotine city. Um, <laughs> Poor so, Other than Other than all this. So, I saw you on VH1 back in the day. Yeah. Sorry about that. You, yeah. We, we, that's our show. We go on tangents. Totally. <laughs> that's all I do I'm on my you show. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I saw you've done VH1 back in the day, and then I was like looking up yourself. Of course, everybody you said asks you about uh, uh, the last time. You, you, you were the last person to ever interview George Harrison uh, which, on, on TV. On TV.
2: And, uh, and uh, he gave his last public performance. Yeah. I think he did a r- one radio interview after that, but he was it,
0: diagnosed shortly thereafter. Oh, jeez. Mm. It's terrible.
2: Yeah, he changed my life.
0: Absolutely. He but was I mean, my hero
2: before then, and then I met my idol and made a complete uh, dunce fool of myself. Oh, let me hear that story. I'd yeah. love to hear this. Well, I had no game whatsoever. I, I was they, they had picked me to go to London to interview McCartney for a live special, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play nothing but Wings for a month. And, <laughs> um, and I love Paul. I, I, you know, I'm a fanatic. I mean, a Beatles like it's like it's awful. Like, I mean, I have a child now, and and you know, he just had his first piano recital at age five, and the first kid did Mary Had Little Lamb. Second kid, Mary a Little Lamb. He did Eleanor Rigby, and and sang. Yes. And oh, that's amazing. I held up a dollar. I said, who's this? He says, George. I said, George who? He said, George Harrison. He kept the fucking dollar I gave it to him. Um, <laughs> but like, so I was going to go to London and they said, hey, we need you to go to London a day late. I'm like, oh man, why? We need you here for George Harrison and oh. Robbie Shankar. My parents were ex-clergy and, and I was raised very Catholic but in a weird way and, and <laughs> for me, um, I admired how he took the religion he was raised with and used that to go deeper in exploring different kinds of spirituality. Uh, and I met him. He was my idol. I knew every B-side he'd ever recorded his whole solo career. And I was a blubbering idiot. I had met a lot of <laughs> famous people, but he hadn't toured since the 70s. And, um, and I just, uh, I, I had no game whatsoever. And I was so raw that he liked it and I knew if I asked about the Beatles, he'd get up and leave. Yeah. We thought we were going to do 10 minutes to get a soundbite, but he stayed for four hours. Oh, wow. With, and then we handed him a guitar, which um, a guy on the crew's girlfriend came to visit, and she had her guitar. We gave it to him.
0: <laughs> Story of her life. Yeah, and, and, and like, he was
2: tuning it, and Robbie was tuning the sitar, and like a VP came over Wait and said, George, will you sign my guitar? And George was like, no, I can't sign that. Then it turns up on sale somewhere. But he signed the girl's guitar, and he did four songs he had never played live. When we started, there was nobody in the studio. by the time we ended, like Rick Rubin was there every oh, executive wow. the head of billboard wow. and, um, and he stayed for four hours with us with Robbie and, uh, and then he was diagnosed two months later and wow. um, and obviously, I never saw him again, but yeah. I got to meet his widow and uh, she thanked us for that interview oh, wow. and, and, and looking back on it, it drove me into therapy, which saved my life, so I owe him a lot but because um, you meet your idol you 're adult, you, yeah. you, you know got to cope. And then um, it really helped me just go through a lot of growth. And to this day, I'll
0: have, like, straight guys in airports hug
2: me and say, I love that, man. It was so spiritual. i never see that on TV. Wow. So, yeah. That's
0: amazing. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you know, there's, there's people you meet. Like, you know, I got to meet Kevin Costner. And, I met. you know, we live in Albuquerque, and there's people, celebrities that come in and out. And, um, you know, none, none of it really ever bothered me. I was just kind of like, oh, it's cool to meet that person. And then one day, my friend was like, we're going to go to this award show, and I have an extra ticket. And uh, you know you should go. And I was like, cool. And it was for Giancarlo Esposito for, yeah. for Breaking Bad*. So I was like, cool. This will be cool. They, they're giving you know they they play as, uh, *Usual Suspects* and *Bugging Out*. Yeah, and it was show fine. Bug it out*. Or did they show him do the right thing? Uh, no, they just showed just *Usual Suspects*. <laughs> and so then they so then they're like going to give Where's him he the, in that. Uh, he's uh, he he doesn't have a huge part. He's like one of the agents that's okay. like trying to catch Kaiser Soze. Oh, okay. So then all of a sudden. Robert Redford comes walking out from the side stage to give him this award. And I'm like, you guys didn't say Robert Redford was going to be here. <laughs> and and uh, he gives the guy the award. And he's, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to go sit down. He comes down and he sits down in the row in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I could <laughs> touch his hair. And my friend's like, go up and talk to him. I was like, you are out of your mind. <laughs> you know, you met celebrities. I have. But that is a star. <laughs> no, I stood
2: near. I stood near Bob Dylan on this oh. outside Radio See. C Music Hall the night of the Grammy uh, rehearsals, oh. and I was. we made eye contact, and I was like, "There is, what could I ever say to him? Yeah. Like, there's uh-huh. nothing I can say. What can that say he could give back? And there's nothing I could give him. Yeah, you know, I'm a
0: that's that would be my your, my George Harrison. I have like 26 uh, vinyl Dylan records. I've, I've seen, seen him
2: live uh, enough times to end a yeah. marriage. Uh, yeah. I just saw my 59th Bob Dylan show uh, Oh, wow. You, you've November. seen him way more than I have. But. Yeah. But I have a deeper pathology than you. So that's I, why.
0: I'd seen him enough that the last time he came here, I bought a ticket, and then I, my friend that was going to go with me canceled, so I gave it to Holly because she'd yeah. never seen him. And I had
1: never seen him, and I cried the entire yeah. time. It was really embarrassing. The guy sitting next to me was like 60 years old. Yeah. And he looks at me, and he played uh, Don't Think Twice. Was this yeah. the tour just this, this last year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The don't
2: think twice on piano. Yes, yeah. Was that yes. the most incredible thing you've ever amazing. heard in your life? I am telling you, I, I've seen best. him so many times. This tour right now is. In my top five, what yes. he did with—he was piece, amazing. What he did with that song, I've never amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: after that exchange, this means nothing to yeah. most people here it. Yeah.
1: They're <laughs> like, we don't it, know. It,
0: it means a lot to me. Now We're I hate Holly because I gave her that ticket. No.
1: I cried the entire time.
0: I have a damn it. it! I have a bootleg of it. I'll hook you up. Chris oh,
1: changed my life because he—he he comes up to me. That he's like, like a
2: Rolling Stone arrangement he did uh, with the damn it. with oh, the upright bass and the bow. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, we have a Muggleman now.
1: Chris is like, oh god, but. Like Chris I didn't actually comes
2: see it. I'm just hitting on her right uh, okay. <laughs> now. Smart. Smart.
1: Uh, Chris comes up to me after the podcast one day, and he's like, hey, do you want to a, yeah. you go to a concert? You'd have to go by yourself. And I was like, She's like, this is, is a terrible
0: date already.
1: <laughs> I was like, "What? what is it? And he said, Bob Dylan. And I was like, uh, fuck yes. I don't care if I go by myself. I sat next to a 60-year-old man, and he was amazing. Yeah. And he turns to me, and he goes, how old are you? Like 18? And I was like... <laughs> Have you been late? I'll have sex with you right now. Um, and That's he, why he asked. Yes. Right, he, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he, I start sobbing when he starts playing that song because it's my favorite. Yeah. And he looked over and he called me dramatic. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, old man. Come <laughs> yeah. on. But talking about fucking up an interview with your idol. I didn't get to meet her in person, but I used to do a radio show and it was with my ex-boyfriend. And Tignotoro is my absolute hero. And I was actually going through cancer at the time. Wow. So my boyfriend sets it up in this way where he didn't tell me that I was doing this interview. And so he surprises me with Tignotoro on the phone. And I literally sobbed for three minutes. And then I blubbered to her. And then she interviewed me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, all, that's a great story
1: and it was amazing yeah. she was the sweetest person ever and then so he tells her that I'm going through chemo and still doing stand up and she was like this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard and I was like shut up Tig I literally <laughs> told Tig Notoro to shut up uh, <laughs> and then she interviewed me and I didn't ask any of the questions I wanted to know so I want to redo Tig Notoro if oh you're my. watching
0: <laughs> I, so I have a question so you got to interview Brian Wilson yes how how was that? That was intense. That's yeah. no
2: one's ever asked me about that story before.
0: Well, I, I say so because Brian Wilson came through here, in either last year or the year before, on the the, the final Pet Sounds tour, mm. and I was kind of like, oh, should I go? I mean, I've I've got to go. I mean, that the Pet Sounds is just an iconic you know album. It pushed the Beatles to yeah. to do what they had to do, oh. and I, and I was like, I mean, he is the quintessential like genius music guy, and I am like, I have to go. And so, you know, living in Albuquerque, you go to a concert. You're like, oh, the concert, the doors open at 7. Concert will be concert style, like 8, 8.30. Like, if, you know, I get there 7.30 and there's music playing. And I'm like, what? who's playing? It's Brian Wilson because Brian Wilson's old. He's like a yeah. 72, 74 start, years old. Bob starts on time right away. And I wish I would have never, ever went to that show. Why? Oh, no. It was bad. Oh, sorry. Oh. Brian Wilson's 74 years old, and he'll sing, and then he has to go pee, so he just gets up <laughs> in the middle of the song, and he just goes to pee. And well, Brian's also wired a bit differently than the rest of us. He is. And uh, that's why I was asking about that interview, because he's... Uh, what was that like? Well, the, the movie had, had just opened that day,
2: uh, Love and Mercy, which oh, is excellent. a Brian Wilson solo song, so no one associates it with the Beach Boys, so yeah. nobody saw this movie. And, and I don't know <laughs> who
0: the young guy is that Paul played Dano. Dano. Okay, Paul da- that's right. Paul Dano, and then John Cusack. And it's, I think it's, the,
2: and I told Cusack, yeah. I think it's the best performance John Cusack has ever given. It's fantastic. And, Underrated um, film. And it's a story about how he was controlled by this uh, doctor, and then uh, learned oh, yeah. to be controlled by a Hot Blonde instead. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because it's true. But so, uh, they said, you, they didn't get me a screener, and yeah. he was going to come on our show that afternoon, so I was like... It it was opening that day, so I had to find the earliest show in Manhattan. I found a 10 a.m. screening. Went by myself just to know the movie, so I could talk about it. Walk out of the theater, and my phone is lit up with messages from my producer saying Brian Wilson came here early. He's being a uh, he's in a very oh. bad mood. He's been really, really snippy. He's only giving one word answers to every oh. show he's done. Oh Jesus! And uh, the only he's done he's done everything, but they want to do your show, so they're waiting for you. And I had to get like you know thirty blocks in Manhattan really fast. I, I tried a cab, too much traffic. Took a subway, got out and ran. Got there, got to the studio, peeked in, and there was Brian Wilson behind the console by himself taking a nap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like he was like putting bobby pins in the piano. No, no, but it was interesting. Like I, I knew
2: like with George Harrison, right? I knew if I asked about the Fabs, he'd leave. When you yeah. have a celebrity like that and they have to do interviews all the time, right. like they always, unless they know who you are. Uh, which is nice. If they don't right. know who you are, they'll assume you're a muppet. They'll assume you're just another dope, so vanilla. May I call you Ice? You know they're expecting that. Um, that would be fantastic. So, so like they they don't trust you, and that's with good reason and so I had a whole uh, with George I learned you talk about what they want to talk about that no one has. Shatner came on my show and I said so Star Trek 5 and he says what I said it's the only film you directed and I think it's one of the films that most deserves a director's cut now in the age of CGI because oh, wow. there was a strike at the time you didn't get to <laughs> yes. have the special effects you wanted and, a comp- and he couldn't believe it he opened up so much that then he spilled about Leonard Nimoy having an intervention for <laughs> his wife and People Magazine picked it up and he really so with Brian Wilson I was like all right, if I try to talk about anything, he won't care unless it's technology. Oh, wow. Because he's that kind of Asperger's. So I'm, just a joke, I'm not saying he's got Asperger. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, he, I went in and I just had a list of, like I had made a list of like 40 questions, just uh, straight through. And I just began asking him questions and he would give me a one sentence answer and stare at me. <laughs> but a sentence, not just a word. So I kept, so I would just follow it up right away with another question and another question and another question. And we just did it. And he answered everything. And he looked me in the eye the whole time, and he smiled, and he posed for pictures. And at the very end, towards the end, I said, do you believe in God? Do you, do you believe in God? Oh, wow. Because no one asks him that. People no? want to get inside how crazy he is. Or... And he said, uh, I believe music is God, oh, and ooh. the keyboard is my church.
1: Wow, and I was like,
2: "We got our fucking soundbite. We can stop now."
1: <laughs> You're and, like, um, "And job well done."
2: Yeah, and but he he but he is um yeah he's not made of the same no. stardust everybody well, else. Well,
0: is. you know, and I knew that And like I you know I saw that movie and Paul Dano whenever he's so the the, the Beach Boys if you don't know. They would go out and tour, and he stayed home because he well, there's two bands. That's right. what people need. There's two Beach Boys. Right.
2: There's the real Beach Boys that yep. does the great albums, and uh-huh. then there's cousin Mike Love. Yeah, God bless Donald yep. Trump with the Hawaiian shirts Ugh. and singing Kokomo, Kokomo with at the John state John. fair. There's <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> Beach Boys: the live yeah. one and the studio one. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So, Mike Love did my show when, too.
0: When he he would hire like all these musicians from Juilliard to come in into the studio, and then he would do the record while the the other band was touring. Well, and, the re- he used the Wrecking Crew too. Right. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. 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 And so, like, there's a scene in that film where the, the girl's like, excuse me, she's, and he's like, yeah, and she's like, this doesn't make any sense. And he's like, what doesn't make sense? And she's like, well, I'm playing in this key, and he's playing in this key, and those don't match, and he, or those don't make it sense. And he's like, it makes sense in my head. <laughs> and you're like, all right, there you go, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a genius. Yeah, and I, that, that really, you know, and then watching him put the bobby pins on the piano <laughs> strings to make the noise. And then you find out later he has audio hallucinations. And, and, and you're like wow who you know how do you how do you get you know how do you get that and be, you know become you know Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys
2: well that's why I appreciate Madness yeah you know i appreciate yeah. artists who wow. uh, are who who use their madness to make creative work rather Absolutely. than you know have dungeons with sex slaves in atlanta and <laughs> chicago um, <laughs> there's lots of shitty ways you they have can their squander place. your talents you could be marlon brando and decide you like donuts more than acting yeah. um oh, geez. you know stella adler or celadoro hmm. right, right, right uh <laughs> but um you know and Dylan is like i didn't i never wanted to meet him because uh, i've seen him many times my brother worked my brother had a chance to work stage crew in a college tour oh. once, and he said no because, uh, you know, I've met people I really admired, and they yeah. were dicks. So yeah. I yeah. don't need it too much. That's I, I understand that.
0: Yeah. Um, so another person I wanted to ask about is, is uh, Robbie Robertson. Uh. Oh, he's special from the band. Yeah. So how how was that? Because he's another one of those guys that you're just, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't. He was my my first
2: time ever on the Internet with Robbie Robertson because I I loved him. I loved the band. And then when Mm -hmm. I was a teenager, his first solo record came out that Mm -hmm. Daniel Lenoir produced that like Mm -hmm. U2 sings on a couple of tracks and Peter Gabriel. And like, I didn't know Robbie. I didn't know who this guy was. And then I got deep into the band and his guitar playing and how he was the guy who wrote all the songs for the other guys to sing. Like That's how confident he was. And so, um, oh, and
0: then also they were the band for Dylan, and they were the band for well, Hunk- they were the Hawks first, yeah. Tony Hawkins, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah. then
2: Bob Dylan just stole them and uh, made yeah. his back group band, and then they became the band. Yeah. And I had met Levon, I had met Rick, wow, and, uh, yeah. But Robbie, he was special, and we he invited. They, they asked me to do a, an interview with him for VH1, and then I was in Santa Monica, and they asked me to come do a Q and A with him um, in his personal private studio. Yeah, and after it was done, he just hung out with me. And told me groupie stories.
1: <laughs> oh, those are the stories I want to hear.
2: He was amazing. And then he just did my radio show again last year. Um, oh, cause damn. Because he, he's, uh, he's got some really good solo records out. He's a he's a, a great guitarist, fascinating guy, a oh, guy yeah. who was raised on an Indian reservation. And... um and then uh, in his 50s began writing music about uh, Native American culture and won a couple of Grammys for it. And, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, awesome. this, yeah. Songs for the Native Americans was a soundtrack and uh, that he did for a, a miniseries. And, That's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, like, you know, first, first you're like in the biggest, this great, one of the best American rock bands, then you reinvent yourself as like an 80s artist with like uh-huh. lots of Daniel Lenoir, reverb, and then <laughs> making in, music inspired by your culture. He would do things like get Library of Congress recordings of Chippewa women singing prayers and then Set it to techno beats, and like this is a guy in his sixties. That's and amazing. Yeah, and that was his memoir is great. So he's—I I like the guys who are always pushing themselves creatively. I like, you know, that Bob Dylan is seventy-six and does hundred shows a year. Yeah. Oh yeah, and just went through like a five-year period where he was doing Sinatra covers because fuck yeah. you, that's what I want to do. I'm an eccentric <laughs> aging millionaire, and I want so he like, does
1: whatever the hell he wants. Well, you Did know, you?
2: George Carlin. I mean, it, it's like just you know, there's no better way to age than being creative right. and yeah. practicing it and
0: challenging yourself in new ways. I don't know if you saw this. They just announced, I think it was yesterday... Scorsese is going to do a documentary about the Rolling Thunder Tour. Yeah, his his second Dylan. Second. Movie. second. I'm
2: in the George Harrison Scorsese movie for like five what? seconds. Yes. Finally, nice. all the all those years in acting school. No,
1: you've made it. I
2: Have a 20 year old interview I did now in a Scorsese movie. People come over and you're
0: like, hold on, hold on, it's right here, it's right here. <laughs> Showing it to them on the video.
1: You just have it on a loop in your yeah. house oh, constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have we, like, done, have enough, have we done
2: enough tragic uh, classic rock to bring all the millennials? Oh in? no no. no, no.
1: no.
0: <laughs> uh, so then we were talking to you before the show, and you said that it's been like 10 years since you've actually been in this theater yes what's the story with that Well, I first
2: came here to do the Revolutions Festival. They would have the Free Speech Comedy Festival on some years, and I came here to do that and uh, fell in love with the town. It was my first time here and the company. Um, I grew up working in regional theater. At age 11, I I did my first ever professional play, getting paid $3 a performance to be in Christmas Carol. (laughs) When I was 12, I was cast in Hamlet as the player queen and the play within a play and got my first review in a local paper. And and I was all with with grown-ups, you know? So after like... Like, they flew in the head of the University of Michigan Theater Department to direct it. And um, after, like, five months of just being with grown-ups all the time, doing Hamlet every night, (laughs) I couldn't go back to, like, playing Atari games with my friends in junior (laughs) high anymore. So uh, Trick Lock meant a lot to me because it was not just a theater company. It was a theater company that wasn't here to do Agatha Christie plays for the locals to open up their (laughs) pocketbooks. But they were always pushing the limits of creativity and expression. And that turned me on. I came back a year later and did a solo show I had done off-Broadway. Um, here uh, for the regular festival, and then over the years I've come back a few times to play uh, with various tours uh, at the Pope Joy and at the Chemo um, with the Sexy Liberal tour, and yeah, then they uh, called uh, and said, "Hey, you know, Revolutions is coming. We want to talk." I'm like, "Oh, can I come back?" And they said, "Oh, no, not at all. By no means, you're not invited." <laughs> okay. but no, no, yeah, no. We the ten years no are not ready, but would you want to come do a fundraiser uh, f- <laughs> for us? And. Um, I, I said sure yeah I'd,
0: I'd not for honored. this one maybe that's, the next one yeah, guy. that's
1: yeah. New Mexico if I've ever heard it yes, <laughs> yes. so so
0: how many times I mean have, so you've been to New Mexico a lot oh yeah I've been
2: I mean yeah I've been here like a dozen times or so uh, to Albuquerque specifically okay. that's why I've, I've had friends here too so. what's
0: your favorite thing about
2: here yeah about Albuquerque? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. In New Mexico, uh, Albuquerque. Whatever. That I, my favorite—I was talking about this earlier today uh, uh, with Mario, My favorite thing about Albuquerque is that there is something magical in the ground here that uh-huh. we don't know how to explain. There's yes. just something different here, and it's an energy or something. They don't have it in freaking Santa Fe. Those riff raff. But there's Heck something. No, they don't. I don't know if it's aliens or minerals or magnets <laughs> or what. You know what? I love Santa Fe because yes. when I want to go antiquing uh, as a verb, and you know, uh, go to <laughs> more art sales with my other sixty-five-year-old yes. yeah. white friends tied. My sweater around my shoulders is a great place, but um, no, I love it, and they yeah. have a great theater there too. But Albuquerque is just like
1: our soil is so much better here, yes.
2: Is that it? There's like no. so many different co- look. I, li- I don't know. I like living soil. in Greenwich Village when I moved to LA. My happiest times is when I lived like right in Hollywood. I like places that are contradictory, and there's yes. a lot of contradictions nice. here.
1: There's a ton,
2: yeah. So yeah. it's and it's just interesting, and um, and great food, and so much great culture, and so many creative people doing their own thing in a way that gives this town kind of a, like, Hogwarts Southwest quality of, like, you'll just see cars drive by that are works of art and sculpture in themselves. Like, you know, and uh, there's just a lot of uh, unexpected beauty here. Can you do me
1: a kindness? Could you tell my dad that it's cool for a creative person to just do whatever they feel like doing? And that's why you love New Mexico? (laughs) Because he's really concerned about what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) He's like, you're a stand-up comedian in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Can you get a real job? <laughs> I'm you like, know. well, sometimes I work as a bartender and then I quit it. Nice.
0: <laughs> I'll talk to your dad. Thank you. I, w- I, I will. I will that. tell you this. I did meet my friend. My friend's like, we, you know, this is my girlfriend. She's from Santa Fe, and you know, I, I can say awkward, crazy things. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. My question is, is uh, what side will you be on in the impending uh, Santa Fe Albuquerque war? It's coming soon. She's like, what? <laughs> well, I don't
2: mean to. I mean, Gene Hackman still lives in Santa Fe. Gene and my Hack- goal is to talk him out of retirement. Like, you don't get to fucking retire Gene Hackman. You no, don't right. do that. George Harrison did that. Nicholson tried to do that. Yeah. Uh, he's doing another movie now in his 80s. Nicholson's coming oh, back for wow. one more film. in his eighties. He's doing a remake of, uh, oh, God, what was that French film? Uh, the, the older guy, the na- it's a guy's name. Oh, I'm gonna rem- it's a delightful film. I'll remember it later. But yeah, Nicholson's doing it. I thought
0: they were going to say he's remaking The Shining. I was like.
1: Look, really? I'm saying think
2: that's over. Gene bro. Hackman's last film can't be Welcome to Mooseport. That's all I'm saying. Was <laughs> <laughs> that, that the last art, one? You know what Come I'm talking on. about here.
1: Welcome to Mooseport well, was amazing. So, How dare you? Well,
0: he did, so he did uh, um, the Wes Anderson Tony film. Tony Erdeman, that's it. it was a, uh, what's the Wes Anderson film that, that Gene Hackman did? <laughs> Royal Tannenbaums. Mm-hmm. And they actually hated him, like everyone on the cast. <laughs> like he had a huge issue. And like they've done panels where they talk about he's like the only one not there and I was like blown away about it I was like Gene Hackman Gene Hackman's like a legend and so I was I I wonder you're saying a great artist might have a shadow side is that what you're suggesting well they like I guess Bill Murray they got to the point where he would have to come on set even when he wasn't working because like I guess he could you know diffuse yeah oh I see yeah And so I was like, I was like, you know, maybe he was just at the end of his career and he's like, I'm just tired. You know, (laughs) Screw it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he just stopped. He's been, he hasn't made a movie in almost 20 years and he's happy, writes novels and yeah. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think that's bullshit. I don't want actors to ever retire. I don't want great actors to, I want them to be drawn back. They have
1: to keep going. I miss
0: Rick Moran's. Who? What?
2: <laughs> I said, I, I, I miss Rick Moranis. Right. I miss Rick Moranis, too. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: he, he didn't retire as like an actor. He he did voice work. He just like raised his family because his wife passed away. You know. Ah. I yeah. understand the reasoning. That's I, no excuse. I, just, I mean, yeah, I, so I just excuse. miss and, him. And it's he's living on... Together. We're well, the public. We have demands. He's living off that, <laughs> honey, I shrunk the kids' money. I mean, he's
1: not... <laughs> <laughs> he just... <laughs> You know, I don't give a shit about your family. Make movies I enjoy. Yeah. Keep going.
2: Look, I think it sucks that Tina Turner stopped singing live. You know, like, I saw Nina Simone at her last show in L.A. in her 70s, and she came on stage with a feather duster, and she was great. Like, you know, (laughs) I I, I just kind of feel like that Scorsese Rolling Stones movie, um, uh, at the Beacon Theater, the um, the one he did in IMAX, uh, oh, Shine a Light. That's it's it. one of the greatest oh, yeah. movies ever made. It's actually, it's not a concert film. It's a documentary about aging on your own terms, doing what you love. Right. Yes. And it's amazing.
0: Well, well speaking of that, you, you did interview Willie Nelson as well. A few times.
2: I mean, uh, how... We got Willie to call into our show last year on 420 Day, and that was oh my great God. achievement <laughs> of 2018. We I want got your in, life. I was doing the show in L.A., and we we got Willie to call yeah. in on 420. That's I want like, your life. That's
1: sorry. not even fair. That's like
0: getting Santa to call in on Christmas. Right.
1: <laughs> that's better than Santa like, calling in and Santa's Christmas. as tired
2: as Willie is on 420.
0: You, you, you get him to call in. You get Snoop Dogg to call in. I mean, that's it. You're done. That's it. Like, you're done, right? They did a song together. I, I, feel, like, I feel like there's kids out there who don't know Snoop Dogg was a rapper. <laughs> they just like know Snoop Dogg as like the entertainer that like you know. yeah they know Ice Cube and Ice T as guys who play cops at all their movies yeah so so the last concert big concert I went to was Ice Cube oh yeah in in Las Vegas New Mexico two <laughs> months ago oh yeah my favorite thing is is like Las Vegas you know he goes up on stage and he goes hey Las Vegas ready to be gangster for one night and I was like Ooh, he didn't oh. know Las Vegas New Mexico <laughs> they're it's gangster every, every night. night and everybody kept giving me me crap they're like you're gonna see Ice Cube is this the are we there yet Ice Cube and. Ah. He got up there and he came out and he had the black hat with the the, 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 the bill up. He had the sunglasses. He had the black shirt and he had the, you know, the black pants and he had the oh, handkerchief wow. out of the pocket.
2: Executive and, producers with attitude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he started at the beginning and he went all the way to the end and he told stories during the. Oh, the that's et- brilliant. And, and he was like, he was like, that was a song from N.W.A. And he's like, we never had no problems. We were all good. And then he goes, <laughs> what? And he goes, nah. And then he's like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Then he's like, it was all good till the money got funny. And then so then he went into the diss tracks. He started doing the diss tracks. Oh, my God. And it was fantastic. <laughs> then did Adam, he do
2: like solo stuff? Was like it, a weeby clubbing? And it, well then, did he do It Was a Good Day? S-
0: yes, everything. So then he has a new song out called Arrest the President. Mm. And, and then at one point, he did the West Side <laughs> song. And I, <laughs> this blew my mind. He had two blow-up hands that popped up and threw the West Side. <laughs> <laughs> And people went berserk. I you love know? it. Oh, that'll tide me over
2: to the next Friday sequel.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I asked my friend. My friend invited me, and I said, uh, is, are the Raiders opening for Ice Cube? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, their fans are all here.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, like, they're up there. Oh, yeah. man, they're all Raiders fans. Yeah. So my yeah. mom is from Las Vegas, when, New Mexico. When he sang
0: Arrest the President, people went berserk. Bananas. Yeah, which, which leads me into, like, you're doing this show tomorrow. yes. Un, unprecedented
1: yes oh I'm so excited for this part of the interview so what is
0: what was the genesis of this show where, where, what is the idea behind it because clearly there's people that are going to see the tagline and not be happy and want to go to yeah, the show. Yeah, well,
2: you know, the last time I came here was doing something called the Sexy Liberal Tour, so those people aren't going to come anyway. And, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. Plus you know, liberals for years, are the
1: sexiest, let's be honest. Well, I think uh,
2: empathy is sexy. Yeah. You yeah. know, You can be a liberal in name only and be a complete douchebag, but I'm um, oh, yeah, sure absolutely. Uh, we know plenty. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know... It, it's it's crazy to be a political comedian, they say. Uh, and for years, my agents would ask me not to do it because they're like, "You're you're kicking you're alienating half your audience." And I also tell the story about how I was raising a toddler while my country was electing one. And um and I also tell the story about how I, in the middle of it, of the campaign, I thought, "Do I want to be defending President Hillary Clinton for the next four years?" I don't know. So I I took a job, a high paid uh, syndicated TV job, doing a pop culture comedy show making Kardashian jokes and I thought we'll see what happens you know what, I, yeah, what can be me, funny about them well I have a kid now so I should just you know give up and pack it in and I have to do the right thing I don't want to be defending Hillary Clinton the stars are telling me stop doing political humor start working on your Bieber material and sell out and go do a big and I was working for Fox and Fox was always delightful to me they never had a problem with me Sinclair Broadcasting is another story and it was with Mario Cantone and a live studio audience shot in New York I'm like alright I can do this and I got the job. We, we had a three week trial run it said, okay, we're going to pick it up for a series. We'll see you in one year. And during that year, Hillary Clinton did not become president. And <laughs> suddenly, uh, Everything changes, and yep. I don't want to stop being political because it's more important than ever, especially yes. because I do this thing that my agents really hate of talking <laughs> about Christianity and what the Bible actually says versus what the revoltingly fake evangelical supremacists that control our government believe. And so uh, I'm not going to stop that with fucking Mike Pence in the White House. Yeah, now. absolutely bitch, not. Please don't. Fuck we her. No, you. I'm taking that bitch down. So, um, <laughs> so I, I go there, and... Uh, a week before we launched the series, and Trump's been president for a few months now. Uh, th- this is in the show, but it's shorter and funnier. The producer takes me <laughs> out and says uh, for coffee and says, listen, uh, we're just talking. I'm like, why did you bring me out for coffee? Uh, at the end of the meeting, he says, we're going to need you to stop telling political jokes oh. on your social media. And I'm like, you mean the thing I've always done that I was yeah. doing when I came in here and got the job that is yeah. me that you hired? Right. And I just said, you've delivered your message very well done. And I didn't stop. Good. and Thank i realized you. yeah it 's not and it 's not that I like have so much integrity i right. 'm a snob and i 'm also Trump makes it kind of easy, so i wasn 't uh, going to give yeah. it up and um, so it's it 's the story of like from really it all began with Jeb Bush announcing the White House straight through uh, whatever's <laughs> happened this week and it's yeah. it's really about something I call what the fuck fatigue yeah. which oh, is yeah. where there's so many what the yes. fucks that we can't keep track and that's what gaslighting is pardoning Joe Arpaio who was so racist he got in trouble for being racist in Arizona as a cop right. you gotta be really right. racist How does to be I mean like <laughs> that was 140 what the fucks ago yes. and so uh-huh. this show is sort of like making sense of that and the cabinet and then um what I wanted to do, I was working on it as an album and then when uh, Julie called about doing the show, I thought, well, hang on a second. I had a couple of solo shows that I have that I thought I'd come and do that I haven't done here before, some monologues, but I thought, let me let me try to do something more political and timely and make sort of a solo show stand-up hybrid and my goal was always to be like the bastard child of Spalding Gray and George Carlin. Oh, anyway. awesome. Oh, so yeah. um, hopefully, uh, hopefully I won't be chased out of town tomorrow. Uh, Carlin. You
1: really? won't. I was. A,
2: yeah, was like, if you have any MAGA oh. fans, you know, the diehard MAGA please bring them. please, yeah, please, please. bring them.
1: Yeah. So if I haven't been chased out of town, so this is kind of exciting for me. I just want to point out that two female comedians are here tonight besides me. Woo. And they're two of my biggest supporters. But the thing about me is that I am not afraid to see a MAGA fan and just talk about abortion right in his face. You know what I mean? And I haven't been chased out of town or banned from anywhere yet. So Albuquerque is See, what I like to do is
2: sit down with an anti-abortion person and talk about what the Bible actually says. Because if you uh, read the part of the books, God is the least pro-life character in the entire book.
1: I think I just fell in love.
2: In Exodus, Um, God makes it clear that, again, my mother was a nun, my father was a brother. I can't afford the therapy I need, so I do stand yeah. up about this. Like in Exodus, God says if you strike a pregnant woman and the baby dies, you pay a fine. If you strike a pregnant woman and the woman dies, you're dead. God does not put a fetus and a woman's life on the same level. Uh, <laughs> if you believe Noah's Ark, you believe God drowned every pregnant woman and fetus one day because he was in a mood. You. And if God didn't like killing kids, we wouldn't have Passover. So, really, <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
1: Um, I, I just felt Go ahead and be anti
2: abortion. God bless. If you think you're so moral that you want to have women incarcerated for something that won't stop once Roe v. Wade is overturned, then you go for it because all you're fighting for is incarceration. You won't end it. You'll just criminalize it. That's it. You're going to create thousands of new Dr. Kermit Gosnells to kill poor women. Oh, I know you're so pro-life, but don't claim it's Christian because it ain't. Jesus was against the death penalty, never mentioned abortion. I don't hear these Christian fascists talking like that.
1: Ooh. I just fell in love.
2: Word. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why my agent gets upset.
1: Well, <laughs> these you know, are the reasons
2: why I haven't been invited on Fallon. Yeah. Oh. Oh.
1: I'm
2: Did they find out? Tell you that he <laughs> follows me on Twitter. I can't say anything bad. Oh, about nice. Him. I don't
1: know. It's so He's, weird,
2: you guys. It's so weird.
1: <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. It gives me hope that maybe, like, I can actually, you know, again, could you talk to my dad about how it's? It's a good thing that I just talk about, you know.
2: Well, listen, here's the qu- as, as long as it's funny and not preachy, yeah. Yeah. that's I mean, it. Like, I mean, as long as your abortion jokes are, are funny and, and make people laugh and make a point, then it's great. Like, I was working, I was asked to do a big fundraiser, and I spent months working on these abortion jokes. I mean, I, I developed <laughs> them and grew them for months, and then at the last minute, I threw it in the garbage because it oh, was my wow. choice. I didn't yeah, want, yeah I, I terminated the I entire series. Um, <laughs> But I—it was my choice. That's the point. I didn't your want that Your jokes, your choice, anymore. man. Yes, that's awesome. i
1: am all—I'm about
2: so funnier than that, and you'll be on your way.
1: I mean, <laughs> if you ask my mom, they're not funny, uh, especially when I tell them at Thanksgiving. Uh, but you know, it was <laughs> you got to learn yeah. your Past the audience. the turkey. <laughs> Here's an abortion <laughs> joke for you. I don't think that works. Well, well, it was an accident. I had a, I had like a bruise. Your on my Abortion was knee. an accident. No, <laughs> it's the pregnancy. Oh. No, abortions are never accidents. Um, they're fo- they're very well thought out. Uh, no, I had a bruise on my knee, and my mom asked me what it was, and I said, "Well, mom, that's why I don't ask you for money for abortions. I eat all my babies." And she got really mad. Ooh. So don't do that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, it's not in the you setting. Did, did you for tell that.
2: her you were just working out material? Is that that's that? Say that? Just,
1: yeah, uh, that doesn't work with. <laughs> my
2: mom. Just trying to work something out. My mom, my mom was an ex nun. It's okay, so yeah. we can
1: talk Ooh. sometime. Yeah. yeah, we should talk.
0: Well, yeah, you, you, and your father was a Franciscan brother, right? He was. Oh my
1: god, yeah. I was raised Catholic, so this is endlessly entertaining to yeah. me. He was in love
2: and uh, carried a torch for ten years. Ooh.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's
2: kind of that, that was so sort of funny. the subject of the show
0: I did here ten years ago. <laughs> oh wow. So I mean, I mean, how? I mean, are they are they both still alive? Are they both? No, they've they've uh, they've left us since the last time I was here. But I mean, once
2: you started your career, how did that go? Really kind of weird. My parents, uh, in the beginning, they were kind of amused that like I was on TV. Uh, they were always, like, they were always really supportive. My dad would never stop telling me that I should be be a public school teacher for a solid backup, uh, which I appreciated. But um, they were always really supportive from when I was a kid, driving me to you know Hamlet practice every night. And wow. uh, then. Um, they they wouldn't really they weren't really into music so they wouldn't really watch the first stuff i did but then as i did more mainstream stuff and then when i did funny home videos that was weird because for the first month they were really amused my dad they were living down south and my dad was surprised that like people would know his last name like i could pronounce it <laughs> but after about a month they realized why I complained about the quality of Funny Home Videos, that when they asked me to come do it, they said it was going to be hipper and, and yeah. edgier, and the writers for Mystery Science Theater are here. And so I thought, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll do that. And then it was just, you know... The same it, thing. It, it was it was like what Saget had to do, but without the, the high-pitched voices. And uh, <laughs> I only stayed for like a month and a, a season and a half. But they, they grew to be... Um, they grew to respect it. Like my dad would see me debate Jerry Falwell on Bill Maher, and that's how I won his love because I sucked at sports and I had to do things like that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you, yeah, you've done like politically incorrect over like twenty times.
2: Well, I haven't done Bill's new show though, because yeah. I moved back to New York. But I, I did a couple rehearsals for it. But Ooh. yeah, he's been he's Ooh. been very good to me. I will do his show. I, I think when my book comes out or something.
0: So, like, I, I want to know when they go off the air. Are, is there a bit, like angry at each other or is there on a bit, that like, show? Yeah.
2: No, but. It, when on Pi they had commercial breaks, and what they—the yeah. uh, reason why the new show is better is in the commercial breaks they would jump up in your face and say, "Hey, you're gonna let that guy get away with that? Go in there, and mix it up, mix it up, fight, fight, fight." <laughs> and, and I love the producer who—I love the producer, but he always told me this, and, and I was—I was like, "That ain't—that's not what I came here to do." Yeah. Um, and now HBO, you can tell, has given them a lot more uh, of, uh, ability to breathe in that show and do a really smart, funny political show. Even if you don't like Bill, uh, I think I know people who like the show a lot. Right, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, broadcast is just driven by strife. That's why Trump is president. The same impulse right. that led him to say, "Get in there and fight." Is why, I mean, because they say the media is liberal. Media's not liberal. Media's terrified of being called liberal. They're yeah. one bias. There's one bias. Media and it's follows. eyeballs and clicks and rating numbers. Yes. And that's the one media bias. And Trump hate w- gets them the clicks the same way Trump coverage got them the clicks. Oh, well,
1: yeah, absolutely. Media follows the money. Duh.
2: I mean, he's like OJ. Like, he's an industry. <laughs> there are so many. When he <laughs> resigns abruptly one day, there will be so many <laughs>
0: jobs lost.
1: So many.
2: Yeah.
0: Or made. One, one of the two.
1: I mean yeah. or, or, or made. Or yeah. people will actually get paid for the job. So, so that's and
2: true. You feel yeah. over, then they can start they can start hiring again at the State Department. So yeah. yeah.
1: I'm really scared to fly tomorrow. I'm flying tomorrow. Yeah. And I am scared because the TSA people are not getting paid. No. My friend who is the I don't know what they call it, like the flight control people. Air that, traffic.
0: The air, traffic, air controllers. traffic controller.
1: She's an air traffic controller. She posted a picture of her paycheck this week. 80 hours of work, she got paid 20 bucks.
0: Wow.
2: Ow. That's awful. So I'm
1: like, great. Listen, I just crash. want to remind you, the
2: White House says it's completely safe to fly, yeah. uh, even though, you know, the government shut down. Oh, and eat lots of spinach and chicken, too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Does anybody ever trust anything the White House? What, what said? was it? it
0: wasn't know. spinach. It was what was the one that like got the thirty percent of us always
2: trust whatever lettuce. one White House
0: lettuce. Lettuce was romaine bad for lettuce. us. Lettuce. Yeah, yes. I was the so one-
1: happy about that though because I told my trainer I can't eat salad because romaine. I'm gonna. But die. It, but it wasn't
0: kale. <laughs> kale was like hey, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. I wish
1: I wish Kale would just right. give everybody like botulism right. or something.
0: No, let's not. No, do that. no one. We get do botulism. not wish that. On <laughs> so my question to you is: so your material, you have a lot of Trump material.
2: It's a lot of Trump material, but uh, I promise uh, it's fine.
0: I feel like constantly <laughs> you're just like you turn it to you're like you know I've hit a wall. Hold on, Trick, click. Well, that's know? the shitty
2: thing is that like you know like he just he just ran a, a midterm <laughs> election on on immigrants are all coming to kill you. Uh, right. And he lost 40 seats in the house, <laughs> yeah. and he's still running on it. And it's like comedians have going. to keep writing new Trump material. Thank you. Trump gets to recycle all the old Trump material. Yes. It's not fair. Yeah, fair.
1: Somebody asked me, so I'm glad you brought this up. Somebody asked me, it must be so easy to be a comedian right now because Trump is so funny. And I said, no, here's the deal with Trump. I write a new Trump joke. By the time I get to the open mic two hours later...
0: He's already beat you, yeah? He's...
1: I tell the joke and somebody's like, he already did something else. That's not even funny. What the fuck fatigue? Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's not easy to be a comedian right now. But that's rubbish
2: too, because it just there's a lot more bad comedy, and a lot of the Trump comedy I see is just people making fun of his hair and his face. Yeah, or, and that's, that's important. More, don't get me wrong. On a moral yeah. level, oh yeah, we no, need his that. hair is awful. Thing. But uh, <laughs> but you know, it's more important to talk about the policies and why he's a corrosive meat goblin uh, than just make fun of his uh, hideous anus-like lips. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, when Barack Obama was sworn, and they said, "Oh, there's never going to be comedy anymore. He's so not funny." Yeah, and I'm like, but it's going to be more douche bags than ever now right, right. But, absolutely so you know there's always look if you're it, it, people who say that don't understand comedy i mean the whole notion is looking at stuff and billy wilder said uh and I, my favorite quote i was telling this to Mario, my uh, uh if you're going to tell people the truth make it funny or they'll kill you yeah so you can always make fun of what's going on because malfeasance and douchebaggery is never going to end <laughs> it's just about you know you just Go after the guys in power. Don't punch
0: down, punch up.
1: Punch up. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, do you ever have like any issues where there's a backlash where people uh, boycott or Uh or or protest your
2: shows? Or sure, yeah. And I mean, I get the trolls trying to destroy me daily. These these Michelle Malkin jackals with Twitchy and all that. But uh, yeah, I was my greatest honor in life. um, I was doing a show with Margaret Show. At, oh, the, uh, at the at the Kansas City's um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender center and uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, of you, course, Boy, God, They picket at. us. Westboro—that's like better to me than a daytime yeah. Emmy. I've been picketed. You won. by Westboro <laughs> Baptist Church? That's oh, going. you should get that shirt made. I've been you should get that. That the made. first paragraph of every bio I will ever do for the rest of my life. Yes, nice. absolutely. Oh, by yeah, the way. that was a real honor.
1: I wish I had that because that would make bio writing so much easier. Right, right?
2: that's like that's like Mussolini calling you a dick. Yes, you know what absolutely. I mean? That's like Martin Shkreli <laughs> saying you're. That's like Linda Tripp saying you're a shitty friend. You know what I mean? Like yes. Westboro Baptist Church attacking your spirituality. Oh my yeah.
1: god. So I'm just gonna start trolling them so they'll show up to one of my shitty comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> Spe-
0: speaking of the of the troll part, you, you did. You, you were telling us earlier you were debating Ann Coulter. Is oh. she really? I mean, like off the air? Come on! I mean, I
2: actually have a story about that in the show uh, tomorrow yes. because I I, oh. s- I spent election night um, doing Good Morning Britain all overnight. I had agreed to yeah. do it because uh, well, they pay, and um, <laughs> and I had done it a few times. And they they had I'll, I'll t- I'm telling the story in the night's show. I won't bore you now, but I was I spent election night with uh, sitting in between Piers Morgan, Jerry Springer, and oh. Ann Coulter. Oh, what? oh. What?
1: My, my, my question, God. why Jerry Springer? Why Jerry Springer? Jerry
2: Springer was the mayor he was of Cincinnati and uh, yeah. oh. is a bit of a pundit himself and has had a radio show about certain okay. issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, a fascist, a freak show, and a star fucker. That was what I spent the night with. <laughs> and, um, uh, let's just suffice to say, I had a weirder election night than Hillary Clinton did. Yes. And, um,
1: Whoa. <laughs> I'm just like, so
2: I like, tell that story in the show tomorrow. I,
0: I got everybody and I was like, Jerry Springer? Huh. <laughs> but Ann Coulter is
2: someone make- who's like creatively painted herself into a corner now because yeah. if Ann Coulter oh. ever had love and empathy and compassion into her heart, no, her no. base of fans would reject her. Right. They so she can never, like, she has to hate because uh, if she doesn't, she's like a Republican congressman in the era of Obama. Yeah. Uh, if I actually do something and work with you, I'm going to get primaried back yeah. home. The, the Dave Brat took out Eric Cantor. Eric Cantor, this is how evil it is. This is how like a minority of dumb mean people, I call them the illiterati, control us. Uh, <laughs> Eric Cantor goes to meet with Obama every week and says no to everything. And then it's primary time, and Dave Brat runs for the GOP nomination against Eric Cantor and says, "Can you believe this? Eric Cantor meets with Obama every week." <laughs> And he got the job. <laughs> so, like, no one would ever work with him after that. And wow. Walters in the same position. If she ever said, hey, you know what? Maybe Christ was right about uh, love and forgiveness and empathy. Yeah. Fuck you, right. rhino. And they leave I her. I mean,
1: even if she quoted, like, if she quoted the Bible accurately, let's be real.
2: None of them do that. She
1: no. would lose her job. That's... <laughs>
2: she's uh, uh, In fairness, if most people quoted the Bible literally, they would lose their job. Yeah,
1: I, d- I just want to know Jesus
2: not too big on what we've come to call capitalism. <laughs> but again, yeah. I
0: know. I just want to know if, like, when they turn True. the lights off, go off the air, if she just like turns into like a normal person. She's like, "Hey, how are you doing, John? I've hung out with her before. Yeah. Is she nice?
2: I, you know what? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, everyone has this debate: Is she really <laughs> like that? Is she not like that? I've hung out with her before, and she's been pleasant enough. but I don't give a shit. Wh- right. What you do in public yeah. is you're what you, a monster. I don't care what your personality is. You know, children learn more from what you do than what you say. Absolutely. Yes. And she goes out there and does this and she attacks marginalized people Absolutely. and that's the difference between the Republican Party and Jesus the biggest difference Trump doesn't have I mean you know Trump and Jesus all they have in common they, they, they hung out with hookers and they had ghostwriters. but other than that <laughs> like The whole point of Christianity is that Jesus is this guy, this mystic, this homeless, you know, uh, brown-skinned dude who is into, like, hardcore radical reform Judaism sect who goes out in the desert with his posse, and all he does is stand up for whoever you hate. (laughs) <laughs> despised foreign minority like the Samaritans, uh, the homeless, the poorest of the poor, the lepers, the prostitutes, the people who've been sinners, the criminals, even the Romans, the centurions who are occupying our land. Jesus healed the gay male teen lover of a Roman centurion. That's what that story is about. It wasn't a slave. The original Greek used the word pais, beloved boy. He always stood up for the marginalized and attack hypocrites and those in power. Yes. Today's Republican Party is the opposite. They talk a good game about Christianity because they worship him as a god, Rather than following his inconveniently progressive teachings, and that's why it's shit on marginalized people, whether it's foreigners, despised Muslims uh, from overseas, uh, uh, refugees from a war zone, transgender right. people who want to serve their country in the military, uh, migrants desperate to escape our own fucking drug war violence. That's why Central Americans are at our border right now. It's because of our... Yeah. You cannot like the drug war and hate migrants from Central America Absolutely. at the same time. You and it's Absolutely. all about shitting on minorities, shitting on... Those with the least power and a tax cut that gives eighty-three percent of the benefits to the top one percent, it is com- Trump is not the anti-Christ, but Christ is the anti-Trump. Yes, Thank and again, you, you don't. And by the way, I don't out. have. A, I'm, not so relig- I'm not a religious. am not a religious person, and I'm not a Democrat. You don't have to believe in the Bible as literal fact. You can think Jesus is a mythical figure or a historical figure or a divine figure. Doesn't matter. We're going by the same book. Yeah. What I'm saying is the media has allowed douchebags screaming at women outside clinics yeah. to claim oh, yeah. the mantle you. of spirituality, you. and you see atheists and imbeciles. That's all you get in terms of spirituality in our media culture. Yes. So I'm into thumping Bible thumbers with the Bible because no one else is doing it, and it pisses off my agents.
1: So a, co- <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, this has never happened to me in comedy before, but somebody came up to me at a show, and they handed me a Bible like after the show, and I was huh. like... Thank you for the rolling paper.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. And
1: it wasn't because I was being an asshole, right? Like, well,
0: they, uh, they were being an asshole. They
1: were being an asshole. Right, they weren't loving
0: you. They
2: were imposing their they taste They were imposing.
1: On you. They were not trying to be nice, right? They, they, they believe that. Right, they believe that they're being nice, but really they're just saying, you talk about abortions and you think for yourself as a woman have a bible. Yeah. Um and so you I know, said and when Jesus said for go forth and make papers. disciples
2: of all nations, he meant by example, don't be yes. a dick to people.
1: Don't be a dick. Don't be judgy, don't be rude, whatever. And uh it was funny. So I tell my dad about it, right? And and my dad's pretty okay. He's pretty progressive, I don't know. But he told me th- that he he likes people so I was raised in the Catholic faith. I was educated on the Bible and all this stuff. So when I And you tell were a girl, so you were it,
2: safe. So go on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. It's it was a no much better experience for me. <laughs> but he said that there's a difference between somebody who knows what they're talking about when they make jokes about the Bible than somebody who just spews being antagonistic, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I, I do believe, like-
2: by the way, with Christians that, yeah, people are way too mean to people of faith. Yes. My whole problem is, okay, if you're going to say that your business should be allowed to decline goods and services to gay and lesbian tax-paying citizens in a free society because of your religious beliefs, you goddamn fucking well better show me in your holy book where Jesus said, don't pick a cake for Liam and Brent. <laughs>
1: right. Yes. Thank you.
2: Yeah, they can't. They're not Christian. And that's why they have to be called out. You know, like religious freedom law? Yeah. What is that, Pence? The freedom to believe Jesus hated the same people you hate? Right. Show me where it's Christian. <laughs> Show me why wanting to incarcerate women for terminating pregnancies is something that's reflected in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus talked about giving all your belongings away to the poor. Uh, he didn't yes. talk about being a dick to people in any way. Yeah, no, absolutely So, uh, you not. know, it's like I don't mind saying whatever religion you are, but if you're... If you're uh, the Dalai Lama said uh, religion is there for you to control yourself, not to judge others. Right. And Jesus never had a problem with sinners. His problem was with hypocrites.
0: Well, yes. in, in, in the hypocr- that's our leading export. In this. Oh, well, in the hypocrisy, like, you know, like you're, you're talking about the bakery. That's like, we're not going to bake a cake for two gay men. But then you have these restaurants that are like, we're not going to allow, you know, uh, Sarah Huckabee in the restaurant. And they're like, Oh, that's terrible. They wouldn't allow her in. Uh, Y- you know the same thing but you know what they did allow her in and they served her and they picked up the tab
2: that whole story was complete yes. right. right like and then they didn't let her pay for it and they said you know okay we're, we're done here they were as civil as they could be and civil disobedience is not the same no. as institutionalized discrimination you know sanctioned by the state yes right. clap so for that that's clap you know you have that. a private business you have the right to reserve you have the right to refuse service to anyone Absolutely. but when you're doing it deliberately to uh, discriminate against a culture right. And and those gay people pay the taxes that funded your electrical grid and the yes. roads that led here, motherfucker. No, make the cake.
1: Make the fucking. Remember cake. Remember when Jesus
2: drove all the gay cakes out of the temple? What a great passage <laughs> that was. I love that. And again, not anti-gay or anti-abortion.
1: Right. Um, okay. So, boy, just, this is the preachy part of the show, this isn't it? Right? Fuck, part? huh?
2: I was here for dick jokes. It's, well, pie.
1: I could I could help you with that. Uh, so, to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, I posted on my stupid Instagram one of those stupid stickers. Like, what should I ask John saying tonight on the show? And would you be willing to answer some of those questions? God, sure, yeah. This is okay. the lightning round. I, uh, I'm just
2: glad you could say Fuglesang.
1: What <laughs> one of my friends asked, does everyone else think that you look like Michael J. Fox what in this picture? What the hell? <laughs>
2: This is like the last five years. My whole life, I was always told I look like the same people: Kyle MacLachlan, Matthew
0: Broderick, half the cast of friends,
2: and K.D. Lang. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I could
0: just, I could just see you like in a, in, a, in a cafe, like they're like, would you like some pie? And you're like, no. Nah, 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 nah. Last five <laughs> years, <laughs> everyone Peaks on Joker. social
2: media says I look like Michael J. Like, I know. Considering I got, got like, it too. Like, I'm gonna grow a fucking goatee again. Like, it's <laughs> like stop. And I look nothing. I've met the man. I'm two feet taller. He's handsomer. He's <laughs> richer. He's famouser. And I look nothing like him, but I guess we white people look all look the same to you. <laughs> I guess that's what it is.
1: We struck a chord, all look the same. Thank you, followers. We've struck a chord. He now hates me. That was me. embarrassing because
2: they're, 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 they're tweeting both of us at the same time on Twitter. And I know Michael J. Fox is like,
1: Mallory, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Talk. Okay, this one. Mallory
2: just did my show. She never said I look like him because I don't.
1: Okay, oh. so this one is a two-parter. This is a local comedian. I'm really excited for how deep this is. He says, I would like to know where he stands in his mathematical education, specifically the highest math course (laughs) he took and the most vexing equation he ever stumbled upon. What the... That's from AJ Martinez. I don't think
0: we brought uh, a, a dry erase board for that. Uh,
1: not OG AJ, the smaller AJ. Anyway, oh. that's um, a local integrated graduated incentive.
2: public high school. Okay. okay, That's as far as I got. I was the history and English kid, not the math kid. My, Me too. My most vexing equation is who put the sham in the sham a ding dong um, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. I, uh, uh, who wrote the book of love?
0: Right. <laughs> Come on, rhetorical,
2: AJ. Rhetorical no that's, one that's can. My no one will expertise. ever know. Yeah. That's the Damn.
0: first part was
1: the second part. Uh, no, that was the second. Oh, I was, read yeah. both parts. I Did thought it was, was parts? Was no, it was two parts.
0: equation was the first question. He, they said what was the highest level of math he had, and then what was the most vexing yeah. equation? Yeah, most I vexing thought it was two was parts.
1: I think it just it went too long for Instagram's little sticker thing, yeah. and so he kept going. Um, thank you, AJ. I hope Thanks, that AJ. satisfied you.
0: That's very interesting.
1: <laughs> and I got the question about Michael J. Fox and or Marty McFly. Nine times today. Wow. (laughs) Can
2: I honestly, like my whole life, this never happened. And it's only like the last five years. And when I say this happens several times a week, I'm not exaggerating, and I look nothing like the guy. And I've got, like, do I have to wear glasses? Do I have to, like, pierce my septum? What do I have to do to sell? Like, do I have to, like, what is a Van Dyke? Can I grow that? I can't grow (laughs) sideburns, like, unless I let my ear hair grow long enough to do a comb over. Like, I don't know how to, to, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to distort myself to not look like Michael J. Fox. He can fucking make himself not look like me, but he doesn't care. So I get it all literally almost every day.
0: The height of alone should be uh, a dead getaway. Well, exactly. I, don't, I don't think people can see that on, on the internet. Oh, uh, the internet, too. The internet yeah. takes off about you know. two feet. Yeah. I mean, if nothing, <laughs> yeah.
1: if nothing else, they're thinking you look like Marty McFly. So, I mean... I
2: mean, looking like Marty McFly is not a big leap from looking like Michael J. Fox. Right.
1: But, well, geez. I mean, but like years ago, you know... like Oh, like
2: Marty McFly in 2014 in the movies when he's decrepit. No,
1: yeah. no, no. <laughs> I'm and just Biff digging myself Bartertown. a hole. This yeah. is like Tignotaro all over again. <laughs> Did you again. say Biff
2: owns Bartertown? Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> mixing my '80s films. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Who run Bartertown? Biff. Biff Tannen.
1: I mean, maybe you just—you know—you look like. Michael bland, J. Fox, when guy, he was, no, was that. Bland,
2: yeah. bland, generic white guys look like bland, generic white guys?
1: Thank you, Instagram followers, yeah. for yeah. this yeah. wonderful no, I, question. Yeah. I, at this
2: point, I've got a surgical material about it because it happens all the time. You have and to I
0: don't do it. It, it I, seems I, like, to strike a nerve with like you. Him.
2: I literally, <laughs> I deliberately botched a skin cancer surgery to have an inch long scar on my face to not look like Michael
0: J. Oh, Fox. Oh, wow. And I
1: That's extreme that's extreme they, people
0: see you they're like michael j fox i don't know Dedication. what's going
1: on there he's like it doesn't bother me at all it's no it
2: bothers a- me they all want their money back from doc hollywood and i'm like it wasn't me <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you instagram followers love you so thank much you. that's
0: <laughs> so so what's the one thing about albuquerque that you don't like oh man
2: one thing i don't like you haven't
0: come here in a u-haul have you no, you haul in, You haul in Albuquerque means steal.
1: We're gonna take the <SSSS ul- tell- whole fucking oh, thing. Oh, really? oh yeah! Uh,
0: free oh, I stuff. I did have a boot here. put
2: on my car in a church parking lot once because I Oof. parked it for five minutes
0: here. Oh, you I know, was not even going to the church. You're the second person we've interviewed that has had that happen here. And the, the other and is one... at
2: Annapurna, my favorite Indian restaurant. My no, no. wife oh, loves Annapurna, so, so we good. parked in what we thought was the normal parking lot and fucking church impounded my car. My the,
0: the other person... It's still there, by the
2: way. So, so <laughs> we,
0: we got asked last year to do our show at Monk's, Monk's Corner Taproom. Monk's is a beer that they sell in New Mexico. And I, I thought it was just a catchy title. So when they were like, you know, we want you to do our show here, I, I was like, well, I'll, well, let's have a meeting and talk about it. So we're talking about it and I was like, what would you guys like us to talk about on the show? And they're like can you talk about the monastery? And I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and they're like, the monastery where we make the beer. I was like, that's a real thing? <laughs> and, and the guy goes, yeah, I'm a monk. <laughs> and so we interviewed a monk, and the first time he came here, he got his car booted.
2: wow
1: ah. oh, <laughs> I mean, of course I, he did.
0: I, I
2: really do love it here. I love it more with your new governor. And, yes.
0: Um, yeah. We do too. We do as well. You know. I
2: hate that Kate Trader's is no longer here when I come to town because <laughs> she's one of the five most important people in my life, but she's in New York now, yeah. uh, or Iceland actually. No, um... Honestly, I hate leaving here. I once, the last time I did Tricklock uh, ten years ago, I had to. It was funny because I think uh, my wife and and uh, like flew out, and I had to drive back to L.A. by myself. And it's like 500 miles exactly. I did it in 10 hours. Wow. it was the Jeez. day that's it was the day of the Super Bowl, so no one's Ooh. on the road. Springsteen was the halftime act that oh, and nice. I couldn't hear it because I'm in Arizona. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, like, it, it's a hell of a drive, but it's so beautiful, and the natural beauty here is just. And it comes back to like why I think it's the entrapment because there is something yes. I do believe yeah. chemically different about this place and it yes. always makes me feel different um, and, that, and beyond the narcotics that are easily purchasable on, on most public school uh, <laughs> grounds.
0: Well, we, we're, we're, they're starting a, a, a minor league soccer team for the uh, MLS and uh, so Americans love soccer, that's we, great. We apparently do. Ew, so
1: Americans are really into soccer. The
0: football club here that like follows them is called the Curse. And I was like, What? What does that mean? <laughs> and so I looked it up and it's based off the curse of Lou Wallace. You know, Lou Wallace was the was the governor here and he wrote Ben Hur. Oh. Well he wrote a letter back to Indiana to his wife and he was like you know, she was like, What was New Mexico like? So he wrote her back and he was like, you know, it's beauty and harsh terrain have become the the, the you know Mm -hmm. the destruction of many people and so they they call that the curse of lou wallace and so that's what the team the team fan club is called and i was like i was like that's pretty interesting because you know people don't really realize that the governor wrote ben her you know
1: that'll
2: be really popular in their first five game losing streak by the way
1: (laughs) oh sure yeah in our in our
0: baseball
2: field yeah yeah Wow! <laughs> I just I was like, what the hell? I mean, the rest of the world likes soccer. American likes firearms. That's right. how it works.
1: Yeah, like that's all we like.
0: Yeah. Oh sure. Oh, you, you you've been here on New Year's Eve then? I have not. Had <laughs> the
2: oh. oh, why?
0: Yeah. What is here on New Year's Eve? Oh, New
1: Year's Eve uh, uh, is. Uh, guess I like to guess play what
0: gun is being shot outside yeah. the window?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. first it starts off like fireworks yeah. or gunshots. Right. Yeah, and then it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely gunshots. What yeah. caliber is that?
0: Then Darwin like had a way gun? of explaining that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there was a year that they had the uh, news chopper up in the air. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Terrible yeah. idea.
1: That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Don't Terrible do that idea. New Mexico. They don't, do, they
0: don't do that anymore. I would love you to
2: know? do New Year's Eve here, but I've never yeah. Everyone's Very
0: shooting in the air.
1: Everybody's yeah. just shooting straight in the air. There's at least like 20 deaths a year uh, every New Year's from really? people oh. just getting hit in the head by stray bullets.
0: Our DUIs are down, though. Thanks. DUIs are right down,
1: though, way down. guys. Way down.
0: I, I mean, I, I heard that once, so I don't know if that's true or not, but...
2: No, I don't have, I mean, it's a tough question. I don't really know what I don't like about yeah. here. I've I've, always, I've never had a bad time in this town nice. and it's Aww. always been very good Where, to me, Where's
0: but. your go-to eating place when you get here?
2: Um, oh well I said I mean Annapurna but I haven't been there yeah. yet So, I think, yeah. I, but I have to, I gotta get my wife a t-shirt that's why I oh. have to go there it, I, hope, I do hope it's still there um, yeah. it's yeah. still there yes. it is
1: still No, there.
2: I mean like I love the theaters here like we, we've we sold out Pope Joy Hall a few times Oh nice. uh, I, I played the chemo for the first time a year and a half ago and it's such a beautiful yeah. room and uh, it sounds so great on the stage there um, and I've also had the pleasure of doing uh, w- what's the black box in the UNM building Theater X, Theater X which is a one, great room so I mean I've had a, a lot of fun times on stages here
0: very cool man I don't know man I think I think, I think we, we've, we've
2: most of the audience is yeah, yeah in a haze. Like everybody's, everybody's <laughs> ready to like, have some beers
0: Owen. or go home right yeah uh, Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on I mean tomorrow night at the chemo theater from 8 to 10 p.m. Unpre- uh, pr- thank president. you yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah and, and, seriously and, it's what I like about it is like um, when we were doing the sexy David. liberal tour we often found that like the most amazing thing in the room was people would be together and think, oh my God, like there's no assholes here. There's no racist, misogynist, homophobic what? douchebag. It's like, <laughs> so many parts of America I always noticed in the Obama years people were afraid to have an Obama sticker on their car right. yeah. when they went to their job or their church or to go shopping. And so, and that goes both ways. I think it's, you know, it's great you have the Blue Collar Comedy Tour and all that. It's great <laughs> you have like the Bill O'Reilly, Dennis Miller Tour for people who haven't mastered that tricky your, your <laughs> distinction yet. <Yeah. laughs> but I mean, to do a show where like, Everybody in the room realizes, oh, wow, like we all believe in healthcare and empathy and helping the least among us and, you know, doing the policies that work and um, not being dicks to minorities. And uh, so the best thing about, you know, doing a political comedy tour, it can be a tougher sell, but the audience that's there knows they're all on the same team. And that creates a really, really wonderful energy. That's
1: amazing.
0: Very cool, man. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Uh, I believe it's a, it's, a, it's a fundraiser for the Revolutions for Festival. Revolutions
2: Festival, yeah. that's why. You yeah. know what's going on with arts funding in yeah. this country. So when, when <laughs> Julie asked me to come, I, I couldn't hesitate in a yeah. second because this theater company is so close to me. Awesome. And, uh, and I really, you know that famous, you know that you know better than me the Churchill quote in World War II when they said, you know, why are you spending money on the arts with a war? And he's like, well, what are we fighting for? Right, right. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Churchill, that's amazing. And, and he was a
2: racist too, but he he got oh, yeah, so racist, so. heroic. So racist. Oh, what a race! A drunk racist! Yes. Oh my
1: God! So racist, naked
2: in front of Roosevelt in the White House bathtub, mm. being a racist. Yep. yep. that's why Trump moved away the MLK bust and put the Truman bust there. <laughs> but racist against Indians and black people, he was very balanced. I want to wow. give him credit for that. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm on glad that, you yeah, gave that's him Yeah, on credit. that note. But again, like like wait, fucking Andrew Jackson? Really? You're going to hang an Andrew Jackson picture in in your in your office Ouch. and Ugh. have a you're going to give an award to the Native American code talkers in World War II with an Andrew Jackson picture hanging yeah. over you? minute. can we have the Himmler picture for the B'nai B'rith? Uh, th- <laughs> I mean, right? Like it, it was just incredible and, and 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 I don't think Trump's the worst president ever. I mean, I I think Vladimir Putin is the worst president since Cheney, but yeah. like George W. Bush is still by far the worst president of my lifetime. By light years, Trump needs a million dead Iraqis, 5,000 dead soldiers, mm-hmm. a crashed housing economy, a crashed economy, before he can even be in Bush's ballpark. And I don't think that, Bush, that, that Trump is the worst person ever elected. I think Andrew Jackson still gets that. I think Correct. the Trail of Tears is just yes. a little bit worse than Celebrity Apprentice uh, in terms of moral <laughs> atrocity. Um, but like Nixon was hateful, but not ignorant. Yes. Bush was ignorant, but not hateful. Right. Trump is unprecedented.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Very cool. I want to thank the Trick Lock Theater for allowing us to do this show here. Yes, John Fugel. Thank you so much. Fugel, you so much. This is yeah. so much fun. Thank yeah. you. I had a thank great you. time. Thank you. And with that, we Your are 10 drink drink Minimum. minimum.